Hello, my name is Julie King, and this is the Bonnelly Tourism in a New Era podcast. Each week, I'll be interviewing global leaders in the complete tourism supply chain. We will hear how they've adapted, challenges they've faced and overcome, new measures in place, and how they are innovating and marketing to rebuild confidence. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. My name is Julie King. Bonnelly is a global tourism community platform which focuses on industry collaboration, driving 21st century thinking to positively shape the future of tourism and create a positive impact on the world. Bonnelly was created in response to the impact of the global pandemic in 2020. It is a platform for good that brings the whole global tourism industry together to collaborate and unite for common purpose, as well as addressing industry challenges. We look forward to having thought-provoking conversations and open conversations on the future of tourism, where it's moving to, and how we can together ensure sustainability of businesses and the environment. Our focus is on global collaboration and bringing a community together. It's not about competing interests. Last week, we had the pleasure of welcoming Luis Arajo, who's the president of the Portuguese National Tourism Authority, as our guest speaker to discuss destination readiness and innovation in a new era. This recording can be found on bonnelly.world under the webinar tab. Today, our global audience represents 14 countries in 14 sectors of the tourism industry. Our fourth destination that we'll be showcasing is Sri Lanka. We will hear how Sri Lanka as a destination has adapted, challenges they've faced and overcome, new measures in place, and how they're innovating and marketing to rebuild and reshape tourism. I'm very honoured to introduce you today to our guest speaker, Kamarli Fernando, who's the chairperson of Sri Lanka Tourism, heading the government's four main tourism entities, Sri Lanka Tourism Development Authority, Sri Lanka Tourism Promotion Bureau, Sri Lanka Convention Bureau, and Sri Lanka Institute of Tourism and, and Hotel Management. Kamarli, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. You have a large portfolio of roles, and I'm really looking forward to discussing with you today Sri Lanka's plans, visions, and insights for tourism recovery. And we've got a lot to discuss, so I'm going to start off talking with you about the impact of COVID-19 on Sri Lanka. So Sri Lanka as a destination currently remains closed to international tourism. How challenging has that been for the industry, and what measures have been put in place to ensure visitor confidence across the whole customer journey when the destination reopens? Obviously, like all other countries, the challenge for Sri Lanka has been the same. We could say even a little bit more because last year we had a Sunday bombing. So we were just recovering and uh, we recovered actually the last few months of last year and then the COVID-19 happened. However, when it happened uh, for our first patient was in March, we had already made plans for the quarantine centers, for contract tracing, testing. So we were sort of well prepared. The government set up a COVID task force. I'm a member of it where actions were immediately taken. Soon after the the patients uh, was found, one patient really, we closed the airport very first day. We closed the airport. We closed the schools. We had a very strict quarantine procedure, unlike maybe some other countries. It was a very strict quarantine. Very, very few people were able to move about except essential services and agriculture. Agriculture, we allowed that simply because we wanted to make sure of self-sufficiency of food and that the people should not feel in any way um, of having fear. 
what was a success was the continuous communication. We had twice or thrice a day, the COVID task force communicated with our people, told them what is happening, uh, whether there was um, wrong information, we addressed it. Uh, and everybody sort of accepted and wanted to uh, contribute and participate in this. So that was really beneficial. So the first wave, if you like, or whatever, we didn't have very many deaths. Uh, total deaths today is uh, unfortunately though, uh, 22 deaths uh, for 22 million people. Right. A lot of them who have came are from overseas, Sri Lankan returnees uh, who came as well. So now we are having, if you like, the second wave a little bit. And that also now is being managed uh, with the contract tracing, which we use right from the beginning. And testing, 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 quarantining, and every COVID patient is uh, to date has been put it into hospital. We didn't allow patients to stay at home. Right. That we may change, yes, that we may change because we found that the level of deaths. I mean, if you compare it to the rest of the world and including Asia, we are one of the best in terms of fatalities. So then, what we did from the tourism industry in particular is that we created, we studied all the guidelines all over the world. And we created a, a very detailed guideline, which actually won us also the Safe Travel, uh, World Travel Tourism Council Award as well, quite early on before most of the countries in Asia. So that is a very detailed 80-90 page document, which is very strict, I'm afraid. So uh, KPMG, uh, the international auditing firm, uh, does auditing for us. Right. And, uh, if, yeah, and if anybody fails, it's done free of charge by the government by us however if you fail even five star hotels if they have failed which is has we have had that case they have to pay for it and do it again so it's quite strict so the staff have to go on quarantine pcr tests have to be done on staff and the doctor has to be on call for the hotel you know rooms how it's disinfected the, the whole thing that, that that we have done with regards to um, the, what we have done with, with the immigration side of it, what we have done is because of COVID-19, we have in the immigration form itself, which is online already, we have included an app, which is we call App Zero uh, version. We are, UNDP assisted us with the app. And there you will be, when you are applying for your visa, you will be providing us a little bit more information as to where you are going to stay. Uh, what right. we call level one hotels. That's the ones who have passed with KPMG. So level one hotels, you will be able to book quite a lot of hotels. Uh, so you will be able to book and we are suggesting at the moment anyway that uh, minimum stay of 14 days at the moment. Obviously, these guidelines will continue to be uh, to evolve and change and relaxed, I suppose, also. Uh, but at the moment, the requirement is 14 days, a PCR test before and a PCR test when you arrive. Um, that will be done with the antigen test, which takes only 20 minutes. We have said maximum two hours stay, but mm. really it will be much less. And PCR test uh, when you are in the hotel, in the level one hotel as well. So, so that is actually the procedure we have followed and we are prepared actually. And unfortunately, we couldn't open the airport because many, many Sri Lankans are wanting to come back. Uh, so this is unique and uh, every time we were told it was 34,000 people and there's 54,000, we brought 54,000 back and still there's 56,000 wanted to come back. So we are trying right. to give a little bit preference first to Sri Lankans before, but I believe that the airport will be open sooner than later. Right. Uh, having uh, having had a, a discussion with uh, his Excellency the President as well a few days ago, uh, he's of the view that we are able to uh, uh, handle this because we, we are ready and also up. What we find is that why is the death so low? Maybe is 
we are having our own indigenous medicine and we are using it even myself to survive this uh, right throughout i have worked uh, so the we are looking at this uh, in a little bit like different way that we feel that uh, we uh, actually it's quite positive for us at the moment anyway and have you created something quite unique that that treats um, what you believe are the symptoms of covid or is it more of a preventative natural therapy it's a good question mm. you there is it's all herbs it's about 60 herbs put together i can show mm. you the bottle mm. and uh, the basically that is done um, preventative uh, is the first one you take it for 4 to 6 days morning evening it's like a pow- like a powder like you boil it and you have it and it's a preventative this that same medicine if you do get covid also we take it like a proper dose like a bigger dose uh, immediately for few days i don't know i can only say for myself and some of the people i know it has been quite really uh, right. beneficial right yeah so even also we are doing the steam inhalations uh, with our herbs even the doctors are doing that uh, right. so we have <laughs> survived in uh, in that way Oh, wonderful so to hear. And and so in, in terms of, I know it's very hard to put a, an approximate date on when you think you might reopen. Um, do you see it being in this part of the year or in next year, perhaps in the first quarter? What what do you, where do you see that happening? I personally, it's evolving all the time, but I personally think it would be this year. Right. Like for December, a lot of Sri Lankans from Australia as well who want to return. From lots of countries who want to return, uh, lots of uh, even from Europe, from Germany, from UK, from Russia. Uh, if you look at the data in Maldives, you will see the Russian market is the biggest. Then there is Germany, there is uh, UK. Uh, they had had thirty-seven thousand roughly tourists in their country. I saw in Maldives, so it will be, I suppose, um, uh, similar countries who will be open to uh, traveling. Uh, Australia, I know, is uh, not not open at the moment, but. A lot of Sri Lankans will return. A lot of the people, expats who have some connections to Sri Lanka wants to return. They have a villa or they have a business or they have some connection or a family member or they have married somebody, they have a friend. A lot of them want to return. Some uh, from Germany, for example, they wanted to come specifically for Ayurveda treatment, our local uh, Ayurveda treatment. They wanted mm-hmm. to come. So we are, then there are private jets requests that are coming, which those days used to take 72 96 hours, now it's 24-hour approval for private jets. In fact, during this COVID period, we have used this actually as an opportunity because we, in fact, opened an additional international airport. So now in our small island, we have five international airports. The city airport was opened recently. Uh, we have 14 uh, domestic other airports, uh, which you can travel on seaplane, helicopter, and so on. So we have used this opportunity really to look at aviation side one that and then we have looked at the infrastructure also the trains to upgrade the trains and also the you know the customer journey in some of the very popular sites if you like like Sigiriya so we've already yeah. started working on making that uh, a sustainable destination the first destination in fact in Sri Lanka so we've already done the paperwork and we're having a lot of interministerial cooperation to get those done. Then Yala is also quite popular. Uh, we are looking at like in East Africa to make that a conservancy. There we got the support of the private sector also to provide us some input because of limitation of resources also in my organization. I personally have come from the private sector, uh, having worked 30, 34 years in the private sector. Right. And I was requested to take this job uh, when the, the president was appointed. And some of us in the private sector have joined just to support the government and the country. We have used this opportunity also to 
push the sustainable angle because we have now changed already the guidelines that if you are going to invest in Sri Lanka and believe you me, there are still investors even from overseas investing in Sri Lanka. We have included uh, sustainability criteria as mandatory for yes. new new yeah. projects. And if you want to call yourself a boutique hotel, uh, that you would need to get yourself sorted out in terms of achieving those requirements for boutique hotels. Uh, we'll give them a period and they also zero plastic, uh, renewable energy, recycling, etc. That would that we would make that actually mandatory with right. regards to the yes, with regards to the other areas. I mean, multiple areas we are working on. I mean, that we did the tourism travel app just to meet the requirement, like I told you, for UNDP, UNDP assists us, but that now is being expanded big time we did a study of all the apps actually in the world uh, tourism apps and we have analyzed it and we have identified what we want and so with the support of world bank and adb we are upgrading our app to include new sites over 5000 new sites whether you want to do hiking camping what have you that will be all included whether you want to do a buddhist uh, trail that will be there a ramayana trail that will be there you will be able to in the app itself rate our tour guides and give us feedback because currently we don't get feedback from you as a tourist so we will be able to rate them you will have an emergency button connected to the closest police station if you wish so that you can share your location so that if you have some issue because our goal is zero tolerance on anything against any tourists and then it's not as bad as some of the other countries in asia but we do not want to have any issues yeah for the first time in the history of sri lanka we have a new dig police also appointed for tourists alone uh, so and a whole structure now is being uh, already being created so the tourism app actually will have a complaint management system where you can make any complaints about anything at all uh, you can do a survey and give us feedback about what your ideas are you can upload and share your pictures with us right. uh, so that yeah so that, that tourism app will uh, app will be uh, quite actually beneficial for all of us so we actually see this covid in a way that uh, you know to reset our tourism because tourism happened in Sri Lanka in a way we had a war for 30 years and it ended in 2009 but it sort of evolved and we didn't maybe uh, didn't really focus on what type of clients we want you know what do we have to offer what is so special about us and we have been marketing always like country wise you know you say Australia or India or wherever we never looked at data really uh, as, a, as a as a government so thanks to uh, MDF uh, Australia they are assisting us Australian government is uh, really assisting tourism uh, I'm in touch with them uh, regularly they have provided me with even resources uh, they are doing the analysis research-based uh, data-based driven marketing to be done so yes. they are assisting us with that we are also looking at upskilling people in our industry because of the hotel school that we are leading so we are looking at the hotel school where we do all the training of chefs and everybody uh, tour guides or what have you uh, so we are expanding that so we have got the uh, support of australia skills development also for that so great. several initiatives are going on. Yeah, that's no, great. Well, that's wonderful. Um, so I want to also ask you, you're also looking to increase the tourist visas or you're seeking to increase tourist visas, the validity of them from one month to six months. Is that correct? 
and that's obviously to encourage longer stays. Um, tell us more about the the thought process around this, because I know certainly from you know looking at our research and our trends, you know what we're seeing is that people will travel less frequently, but they will travel for longer. Um, so it certainly aligns with some of the global trends that we're looking at, and and people are looking certainly to immerse themselves in local culture and perhaps in some cases even work in some of those you know destinations as well absolutely the the current process is only one month and you can stay for six months but you have to keep renewing it it's troublesome and you don't want to you are worried you can so we have already spoken and uh, the the, that process will most likely happen so it will be six months thereafter we will look at extending it to five years multiple entry visa which would make life much easier but the immediate uh, uh, action is to increase it to six months yes Right. That is very most. That will most likely be approved, and uh, yes, great, and, great. And we are suggesting fourteen days minimum stay. So, you yeah. know, we want to have people staying way longer. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, you talked about KPMG doing your audits for the accommodation establishments. Is that something that is continued after they're initially audited? Um, and is it KPMG that continues to do that? And how frequently do those happen? Absolutely, absolutely. The KPMG does the audit and we'll be doing spot audits as well. The Ministry of Health is very involved. We have a medical system in Sri Lanka where we have several layers. So we have the Ministry of Health and under the Ministry of Health, we have nine provinces in our country. So we have a province medical officers. Then we have within that 25 districts. So we have district medical officers. It's a British system which we have followed and kept. So that's one of the reasons that we can handle these infectious diseases quite quickly because of even dengue on this infection we have a procedure in place now so for example if you see the even with the app when a guest says they are going to stay in what a what i call a level one hotel level one means somebody who is certified by kpmg the automatically an email will go to the district medical officers and the province medical officers saying guest number name xxx will be in this hotel in your province so that they also will be informed of that so the answer is yes. It is a. It's it's not just certification and finishing. It's a continuous process. Sure. And we have public health officers as well who are involved. So yes, yes, right. we will okay. be doing that. Great. And and what has Sri Lanka done to support the wider tourism industry on the ground in this time? Because obviously businesses have been decimated. Um, so how has the Sri Lankan government supported your local tourism industry? Absolutely. The first thing we did was we looked at the poor first. So the tour guides, drivers uh, were given uh, a grant by the government, a one-off grant was given to all of them, registered and trained with us. Then uh, we gave for the companies, if you like, uh, with these travel agents or the accommodation sector, we gave electricity bills one year, water bills one year, time to pay. We gave a debt moratorium for another year till March next year, a debt moratorium. We gave lease rentals to be delayed payment uh, with no penal interest. We are also currently working on a salary payment package where uh, you know people would be paid salaries minimum wage uh, right. salaries that has been approved by the cabinet but we are going through the process of the funding and so on right yes absolutely but we are also looking at you know the alternative uh, employment for people the industry on its own has moved a lot some have moved to agriculture for example yeah. they have understood yeah. this and they have moved into technology based things so we have to be realistic also because uh, I think the numbers will not be the same as before. Of course, Sri Lanka never went through, you know, if you take Thailand, just 38, 39 million tourists. We did never went for big mass scale tourism. The highest we've ever had is 2.3 million. Yes. So it's not mass scale. Yeah. But still, I think we have to be 
find a model which is resilient and to that extent we are looking at a social protection scheme also uh, which we are getting some help from and in terms of collaboration with the industry how have the industry together with the government united in this time and um since the onset of the pandemic um and you know is that been just through regular um meetings and forums and and how much of i guess you know has the input from the industry impacted you know the decisions that you're making for the future the input from the industry is always there simply because of the fact that we have a we need we had a meeting physical meeting despite all this with all the industry associations 52 of them so we got them all together in one huge hall and kept the social distancing and got their inputs the all the associations we have we are in continuous touch with them then we have we got involved that actually the universities who are teaching tourism so we got them involved we got the ministries involved interministerial because you know tourism is not just us doing the four institutions we need wildlife uh, we need the uh, the uh, coast conservation we need you know so several ministries railways so several ministries are involved so we are very working for the first time really very closely uh, with all of them and recently actually from a keeping the dream alive i mean we spoke to cnn they advertised our sri lanka tourism for one month free of charge when we appeal to them bbc uh, also uh, on all their channels uh, marketed sri lanka for one yeah. month free of charge as with cnbc all all three of them we are just right now having a, a couch safari which has like several million followers now yes uh, i've been seeing the- some of that it looks exciting <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we have been doing the same for dolphins and whales and several others Right. So yes, yes. <laughs> okay, great. So I'm I'm going to talk a little bit about marketing now and um one of the trends that we're seeing is is a huge shift in marketing changing from inspirational marketing to more human connected emotional storytelling campaigns that are more authentic and and you know I guess immerse people in that sort of local culture. Is that a shift that Sri Lanka is undertaking in all the marketing that you're doing and I also want to talk more about your virtual safari as well that you launched yesterday and is running until the 13th as well. Absolutely and the the the, the old way of doing things is not going to work even the travel shows that people used to attend mm-hmm. will not be the same. Uh, so absolutely we are proceeding on exactly those same lines we don't have the internal expertise so we have sought for external ex- expertise from international funding agencies who have agreed to give us that in fact happens somebody happens to be also australian who had worked in australia tourism board uh, i follow australia a lot actually i think there's a lot for us to learn and i follow the the, the model there and even the the, the virtual uh, travel shows and also what you had a year ago or the year before about where you got the whole trade into your country so many uh, visitors who came in and the, the concept of training the travel agents and certifying them and things yes. like that that australia is doing mm. we also want to implement Mm. and that's the reason that i am working very closely with australia skills developer and australia a the australian investor so i like the model uh, that has been followed there right. uh, so we are also teaching uh, and learning from south africa somewhat with the tour guides and so on so we are uh, yeah we are watching and learning from people right uh, not embarrassed to say that we do that uh, i think that's of, that's the future it's all about collaborating and and learning best practice from everyone as well absolutely mm. and another big area for us going forward is the wellness for us because i think that we have never really 
in a way engaged with the global uh, industry about our wellness which is actually unique it yes. really is and it is not the same ayurveda for example in india it's different uh, so we when you google you see ayurveda in india and kerala and then you see indonesia you see thailand and so on but you don't see sri lankan german market understands it the, the japanese market understands it somewhat uh, and appreciates it and all the middle eastern market but not everybody other markets i i'm not so sure i think we have i need to we need to do something the yeah. eu has provided us uh, with some funding for that uh, so we are going to proceed on uh, with the wellness so you know sri lanka there's so many things that we can market we are yeah. we are going to do it but in a way that's not an advertisement it's yes. you know the bloggers the influencers the experienced actually some normal human being experiencing this yeah. you know which it, which will provide you with your authentic storytelling exactly exactly yeah. Yeah. And so tell, so just going back to the safari again, I'm really interested in the thought process behind creating the virtual safari um and what you're hoping that's going to achieve and and then what 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 next from that? You know, is there other sort of virtual situations to to cover other elements of um of Sri Lanka? Absolutely. We got so many messages, so many messages from people saying they want to come. and can they come and when is the airport opening so many thousands and thousands emails whatsapp facebook message etc so then we we so we we realized that people are desperate to come and people i we wanted to share with them what we have to what our wildlife looks like just a small part of it frankly there's a lot more to show and so that was initially the idea was came from just consumers asking us and demanding and some very rude emails also coming saying you know you you, you are just unreasonable why are you not opening <laughs> and this kind of a thing so we decided realized that uh, there is a need and that's why we did it now we are actually will be proceeding on next yes we will continue it uh, we will be next doing the whales and the dolphins you know that about 150 yes. uh, uh, whales uh, came and we saved most of them except for about four or five our sri lankans we work night and day several days with uh, in, in the night as well to get these things done so people are lovers of animals so we will go to next there and we will do several whether it is food uh, whether it is our culture whether it is mass making it is our music we will share with the world uh as a continuous thing uh going forward we will also look at a virtual uh, travel fair also uh, maybe next year right to so to encourage uh, travel agents and anybody to virtually uh, see our products we have ne- never really shown our products uh, and we are interested as a government to give an opportunity to the smes also who don't have ability to do the digital marketing they don't know how to do it they have hotels they have a unique product they have small experience but they are unable so this kind of thing if the government does, does it we could sort of you know expose them much more and expose our product to the country and how i right. see it is that sri lanka has adventure we have the wellness we have the tea plantation we have wildlife we have the culture the food uh, we have everything that asia really has to offer if you compare you know yeah. uh, in a very small compact area yeah uh, and it is up to us sri lankans to make the infrastructure change the customer journey change uh, improving the products it is up to us as sri lankans and that's uh, that's why we have a very detailed action plan with deadlines and who's responsible uh, to get these things done and in a way uh, covid has given us a opportunity to do this 
Because yes. if not, we would have just continued. We would not have changed. We Absolutely. might not have changed. Yes. Absolutely. And you've just <laughs> launched um, a three-year strategic action plan from what I can see. Um, yes. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? And is there any sort of high-level outcomes that you yes. are looking for? Absolutely. What we did was we took the, the manifesto of the government, which had 10 sort of high-level points. And uh, actually, and then uh, there were 17 times Sri Lanka tourism also was mentioned. We took that and merged that into 10 points. Technology was one which we are actually, we've automated all the registration process already in Sri Lanka tourism, just done manually before. We have actually, uh, there was a, so technology is one side, whether it's inside my organization or with the customer. So if it's a customer, it's an app and what have you. But internally, we have made a lot of changes from the IT perspective. Then the second one was re-engineering, zero malpractice, efficiency, that kind of a heading. Uh, so there we have re-engineered a lot of processes. Uh, we have reduced our costs by 42%. Wow. <laughs> Every single cost was checked. And we reduced it by 42% by improving the um, processes. Right. Uh, then, of course, big time is the promotion side and the, the promotion branding, rebranding Sri Lanka to uh, Sri Lanka uh, tourism altogether. And there, there's a lot of work that uh, that is a global promotion, the PR agencies, the, all, the that whole thing. We, yeah. We've never done that really. So yes. we have already done the plan. So that was already approved by our government. So we are implementing it now. So the terms of reference are already 90% done. Irrespective, it's a low market, all this, we are going to appoint these people. Right. And then have everything ready because we can't, you know, just wait like this because whatever it is, government procedures take little time also. Yeah. And, uh, also, and also markets take a while to build up too. So, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a question um, for you around with obviously the consumers all around the world, you know, not being able to travel at the moment and everyone's consuming from a digital perspective. Um, you know, we're, we're used to, you know, online calls like this, you know, we're used to, you know, watching everything virtually and we're on our screens all the time. Has that changed the way that Sri Lanka is thinking about its promotion in the future um, and what it's going to do to that? And, and I guess my other question is, um, obviously we know that, budgets you know are more challenging you know moving forward do you think that you will see much more um, partnerships happening with stakeholders on the ground in Sri Lanka and also regions and countries working together to promote countries so that the funding is maximized you know to do that absolutely the digital marketing is key the social media that that's all key for sure yeah. and we also in Sri Lanka has never really reach the consumer it was a lot in the past years b2b rather than b2c both are important and i think there were this is what we will you uh, do going forward partnerships for sure whether it is the airlines which have uh, approached us whether it is i mean it's simple thing even uber now, right now is in discussion they want to promote the go couch safari right. uh, so they are they i met them and they, so partnerships is critical happy to promote countries together whether it is with any other country, we are more than happy, absolutely open to promoting uh, countries together. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the only way forward. I mean, Ab absolutely. Uh, uh, 
talking about travel trade overseas, and we know the impact that the, the you know COVID has had on those businesses, and and many of um, travel trade partners all over the world have really just been purely been working on cancellations and refunds and had no revenue coming in. Which um, you know, as travel starts to reopen again, you know, makes it challenging for them to market destinations again due to not having revenue for the last you know six months. Is there a plan within what Sri Lanka tourism is looking at within your new strategies of uh, as to how you will, you know, potentially support um, partners worldwide that have been, you know, obviously supporting Sri Lanka for many years? Is there something different that you're going to be looking at doing in terms of working together with the industry? So the joint promotion idea has been discussed, whether it is with airlines or tour operators, that has been discussed. However, with the limited funds, obviously we have to look at this case by case and work on how it is going to be effective. Hmm. So whether we give, I don't know whether we'll be able to give funding as such, but whether we could do it sometimes a little bit different, where you can get Seagiria tickets free or discounted for your guests. So when right. they come, their costs will be less. So that without us having to send money out, that would be a little bit of a challenge at the moment with the economic situation. Our country mm. is a small country with a very small economy. We have our challenges, uh, actually. So for me to recommend to remit money out might be a little bit challenging. Sure. Uh, but maybe we can, we are actually discussing uh, internally as well as with the industry, whether we can give some discounts when they do turn up. Right. which is within the government uh, parameters. Right, okay. Um, and talking about on more on the innovation side, um, so one of the things you mentioned briefly was the, the research that you're conducting with Australia's market development facility um, you know, to create that roadmap um, and basically to allow you to understand um, the visitors that are coming to Sri Lanka. What? How do you see that rolling out in the future in terms of, you know, are you going to use that research to then start developing new products that's going to align with um, you know, your findings in that research? Or is there any other, you know, innovation, you know, ideas that you're looking at to use that research for? Absolutely. The research is critical for us and we're waiting for that because now with that research as well as the app, even with the app, we will have such a lot of data, right? We will yeah. know yeah. <laughs> yeah. Australian age, whatever, who will go because we would be buying you. Sorry, I didn't mention this, that the app would also be able, you would be able to buy online tickets for the government agency sites, tourist sites. So we would know that this age group, whatever, would go to this site or not that. Now we have an idea today. So we would say that when surfing, there's a particular uh, clientele, a particular uh, people go there. They do not visit any other site. So this information will be very valuable and we would realign our product and service uh, depending on uh, the what we get out of this research, actually, for sure. Right. Uh, because this is no way that we can promote so many to so many million, billion people yeah. uh, without really knowing... Uh, what people are looking for and I think it will probably be the independent traveler the person who is looking for an experience who's looking for that uh, space maybe the, not so much the cities so most of Sri Lanka is uh, very uh, it's not dense at all and there's a greenery there's a forest there's yeah. a, you know so I think we, we are really keen to get that information uh, actually yeah. to make the changes. 
Right. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to seeing the results out of that. And have you, during COVID um, in Sri Lanka, have you seen, um, you know, some unique areas of innovation that the industry partners have actually been pivoting their businesses, you know, to? Has there been some really good examples that, you know, you might want to share with um, some of the, the audience as to what's been happening? Absolutely. Initially, what we did with the, the industry was some of the hotels were converted into quarantine centers. Yeah. So people were given a choice. If you like, you stay in the government quarantine free, everything free, PCHS free, food free, everything free, or you can go. So that was immediately what we did. And that was, it's not big money, but it kept there, you know, some amount of support we could give because the hotel was full for two weeks, which you normally don't have two weeks full. Nobody's using room service. Nobody's using a bar or pool or whatever, but the hotel is full. So we did that first. Second one we did was the seafarers. The seafarers all over the world had nowhere to go. And lots of countries were not allowing in their ports for the ships to dock. So we decided, no, we will allow that. And selectively, we allowed ships to dock and we allowed them to be taken very under strict uh, measures to specific uh, hotels who opted to get involved so there again they they got the income by 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 doing that now we are even looking at hotels if they are interested to convert that into hospitals if required right so so we are looking uh, at uh, several angles like that with the hotels Uh, the hotels have been i mean the the industry is quite resilient because we had a war we continue they continue they are quite uh, resilient but this time it's a big blow it's right. a very big, big yeah. blow. It's a very, very big blow this time. So it's it's hard. I'm not saying mm. it's easy. It's mm. very hard. And we are talking to the World Bank also now to create a, a, a portal, an investment portal now to create for people who want to look for partners, a hotelier who wants to look for a partner and an investor then can go in. And we will not be like, we, if they will provide the information, they will tell us what they need. If they're looking for beach property or uh, what type of property, what type of uh, location. And classification and then we will merge them together and make them uh, give them that information so this is something we just spoke to the world bank uh, last week right if you would please assist us with the technical side to get this something like that i've seen it in some other countries uh, so it's not a big deal but it's strange because still investors are coming in from europe particularly mm-hmm. uh, to our country contacting and what we have done is that with the help of usaid sale project we have now merged all if you those days if you wanted to do a, a investment in sri lanka you had to go to about 34 line agencies for various approvals like uh, you know wildlife or whether it is the environment authority and etc etc you to go and get this application so what we have done is we merged all those 34 applications into one right. master document and now when you come and you invest, we just give you that master document. Section by sections are there for each line agency. Most of the questions are anyways the same. Uh, so we put it all together. It's a beautiful one document. Uh, so it's in, investment is made easier. You won't, you will find it difficult to believe that the investment level in Sri Lanka tourism has increased from last year. Wow. <laughs> it has increased uh, and is that mainly but, isn't it mainly in the the hotel sector or is it, it um attractions and and other experiences both like right. boats boat building boats uh, you know kind of on the you know there's a lot of uh, interest now for to use our canals because we have lots of canals right. which are underutilized so right. we have investors who are coming in for that we have for wellness uh, we are getting a very high end uh, boutique hotel type uh, endeavors very huge uh, 
you know investments actually uh, that would change actually certain districts whole econ- economy some of these right. projects and lot of them are still investing in uh, like education in uh, tourism mm. and in that extent uh, we are talking to several institutions even in switzerland to work with them on partnership with the hotel school so yeah so we are uh, sri lankans we are we are uh, we have not uh, we are proceeding you know good, we good. have no issue yeah. that's great yeah. to hear and uh, and what about festivals and events and and i guess business tourism mice um, business moving forward do you will there be a lot of changes to the way that you've um, operated in those areas to moving forward into this new era sri lankans are used to big functions yeah. we have big weddings big functions so when we originally stopped it it was a, it was a, there was a lot of uh, demand and saying why can't we and so on so what we have done is we gave guidelines on have to have functions and we still continue to have weddings and our mm-hmm. weddings are big so we we, we allow up to 300 only and people were complaining because they are used to 500 and 1000 but we allow 300 and then recently we reduced it to 50 because of the recent increase in the, the, the numbers still we get that sorted but to answer that we will continue with mice we will continue with the wedding tourism you see wedding tourism is also big market for us this yes. theme wedding tourism yeah. still we are getting requests can we continue with our wedding plans for january and so on they are asking as long as it's 50 people it's we can do it but right. if it's 2 300 it's we cannot so at the moment the numbers today if you say is numbers are restricted if you spoke to me a month ago it would be 350 right but uh, we will continue because our conventions mice business is not like some of the other countries where it's huge like 10000 people we don't have that yeah so we are we are a difficult a different market and i think going forward even the mice market will combined leisure with mice mm. and i think sri lanka in, in a sense is better able to provide that unique experience to combine mice with tourism right uh, with so more in, more incentive style business exactly Okay, great. So we're just talking now about trends and visioning of the future of tourism. So we're we're seeing in a lot of our research the the shift from a silo approach to integrated in in working together. We're also seeing that um a trend around you know from it's moved from global to local which we know because of the impact of the world shutting down but then from local back to global to be local um so again that sort of that whole area around people wanting more to immerse themselves in local experiences moving forward and i think the impact of covid is you know wanting to get back to communities and and feel that they're actually um traveling for a purpose um on that is that something that you're aligning um your sort of i guess your next marketing around and your new products around that are you seeing that trend as well absolutely even the food cooking and living in the village we have yeah. seen that already i mean we still have several thousands and thousands of tourists who didn't go back to their countries yeah. about they feel more comfortable whatever the reason so you see that even now where they immerse themselves in our local community people get involved in schools and teaching people are getting involved in the farmers with our own ayurveda and so many areas absolutely this is absolutely yeah. the way forward and i know the type of tourist that will travel is going to be have a different mindset we've all changed with this yes. i think yes uh, and i think that the zero plastic even all that you know many years ago in sri lanka it would have been um, it would have been near impossible to agree with the people that zero plastic whatever all that people are agreeing yeah 
Uh, people argue these people need see that we, we are going to we have to change. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and even the animal rights bill that is now being drafted and going through certain things that are happening now, you can see the change in the mentality of people, which is very 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 positive. And also the people, I mean, everybody is growing something in Sri Lanka. Yes. Everyone's growing, including myself. I've never grown anything, but we we are growing something because we felt somehow. You know, everybody felt the need to participate in growing a tree or whatever. Everyone's right. changed. And during COVID time, our streets are full of animals from right. various areas. They came and they were, you know, so I think people understood the importance of the wildlife, which we took yes. so much for granted. Yeah. So much for granted. I think so there's I so think, much, yeah. there's so much we've all taken for granted, isn't there, in this situation? So it is lovely to see that happening. And 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 with another trend that we're seeing a lot of shift is from competition to collaboration. Uh, and certainly, I think in the case for Sri Lanka, you know, it's working more toward working more with other countries together to, you know, to impact um, and, and reshape the future of tourism. Is that something that you're working on actively at the moment and everything that you're doing? Absolutely. We are open to all types of partnerships with many. We have VC partners in several areas, whether it's the embassies, the ambassadors, whether it is uh, travel agents or tour operators or the hotel chains for that matter, other countries, governments we are willing to work with actually. Because now from the, from the Germans, for example, German ambassador would be in touch to tell us how to do it. So from the Indian embassy, for example, they are involved from government to government involvement. So absolutely uh, open to any type of relationship that benefits uh, both countries and i know it will uh, i know it will and i mean it's the only way and the airlines are also critical for us the many airlines who do not fly to us now have sp- spoken to us wanting to fly to our country right. uh, so airlines are critical for us obviously because we are an island we need the airlines so there's no dearth of airlines wanting to come yeah, uh, which we are blessed uh, with that yeah. So, yes, yeah, so partnerships come in many forms. I mean, the international funding agencies, for example, they are key partners also for me. Uh, so we have actually a complete section on our strategic action plan on our partnerships. Right, great. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. Good to hear. Um, and some of the other trends, obviously, we're seeing emerging is um, more around agility, around booking conditions, and more flexibility around booking terms and conditions, you know, with tourism products. Is that something that the Sri Lankan tourism industry have taken on board, um, you know, to be, you know, people are, are going to book at much shorter notice than they have in the past and, and, and do want to know that, you know, they have the ability to cancel cancel you know without any major impact you know if if covid escalates you know again is is that something you've been discussing with the industry and and that has been taken on board absolutely the industry has already implemented that okay uh, so they're fully on board actually this was not even something we did but the industry on their own yeah uh, did that and almost all of them uh, have even advertised and whatever that cancellation that there's a hundred percent refund and all that Right. Uh, so they have fully got out. That's the way I think the world's going to work, right? Because yes, uh, your country could be locked down or my country could be locked down. So that's we have right. to get that flexibility. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. And then my last questions are around the visioning of, of the future of tourism. And, and this is really just your opinion, not so much um, the fact at the moment. But what changes do you feel um, need to happen to shift the industry to ensure sustainability of tourism, you know, and, and create a positive impact on the planet, society and a stronger economy? The sustainability side, I think the industry also has got 
on, uh, which we had not impl- we'd done a little bit before, to be honest. And we mm-hmm. had uh, help also, UNWTO, the UN helped us and so on, I think, in the past. Uh, but I think the buy-in is there now from the industry on the sustainability front. So that would be incorporated to our class- like to our registration classification process. Uh, I think we will also go to schools and I think that's where we need to, we were discussing this yesterday and agreed as that we should try to go to the schools and try to engage with our students. I think that's a good time to do all that. Yes. You know, and I think that uh, we will start from there and the industry is very much in, and they see the value of it, not only from a sustainable point of view, even from a branding perspective. Yes. Uh, to have the island uh, uh, complete, uh, completely sustainable. From a government's perspective, there's a huge uh, importance put and already approvals given to huge projects, wind power projects as well as solar. That's something that we will incorporate into the new investments as well as go line by line and actually encourage hotels to get in and then maybe give them additional logo. Right. That if you are sustainable, then you will get additional logo and then the consumer will make that vision, I believe. The correct vision. I mean, there are lots of hotels or accommodations on tree houses which were never approved of before. So now all these unique products are now being approved and not only approved, but also encouraged. Right. Uh, you know, so you will see Sri Lanka who will try to move towards uh, nature really uh, yeah. much more. And a perfect destination, chaps, they do that. And Kamarli, I have one last question around from your experience so far. What advice would you give to other countries that are planning to open soon when safe to do so? And from you, from, I guess, the success of what you've been doing with the industry, you know, is there any sort of advice that you would share? I think we first have to make uh, them believe that, uh, uh, realize and believe that you are safe. Yeah. You have to make sure you have the guideline, you have the track, whether it's some other company, whoever who does it. You also need to communicate, communicate, communicate. Yeah. First, you have to get your own national, your citizens comfortable. Yeah. To that extent, we are using a PR campaign now. We have started, we have appointed JWT to do a campaign for the Sri Lankans to say that don't be worried. The tourists are safe to come. So yes. we have to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that is uh, two key areas where you have to be safe. Uh, show the consumer that the tourists, they are safe and also our own citizens not to worry. And we are then also show with evidence that you are confident, competent in handling if there's a COVID patient, uh, which we have proved to our citizens already that we are able to do that. We do take care of you. And today, I mean, the poor people are get got money. 2.3 million families, we give money to them because they didn't have money. So we have taken care of them. Even a beggar, if you see very few beggars in Sri Lanka, but if you do see, they were given food, they were bathed, they were given masks. So... You need to walk the talk, show you care to the yeah. citizens yeah. Uh, and then convince the, the, the guests who are coming that we will safeguard them Absolutely. and make sure that when they leave that they are healthy and safe and happy when they leave our island. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's very true because you know you, you need your citizens to give that warm welcome to tourism coming back in and and make tourists feel, you know, special, you know, when they come back and return to the country and understanding how much that contributes to the economy as well and and the importance of that. So extremely important point. Wonderful. 
Kamali, thank you so much for giving us your time and valuable insights today. We really look forward to bringing you back onto future panels um, to work together to shape the future of tourism. I really wish you the best of luck with what you're doing to keep the pandemic under control in Sri Lanka. And I know from a personal perspective, I'm very much looking forward to visiting Sri Lanka again when it's safe to do so. So thank you very much for being with us today. I'd also like to thank Forum Group and Events. We look forward to you joining next week. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning. <laughs>